Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Weird World Podcast. I'm Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Dean. I'm Dean. You are Dean, because I just... That was good. Yep. Said your name. You're welcome. (laughs) What do you want to talk about today? What do you want to talk about? Let's just, it's open. I'll just open everything up to the the field here and whatever's on your mind. Well, you talk about gardening? Ah, sure. Pottery? Yeah, Yeah, okay. All the, love those subjects, Um, as you know, sure. I could talk extensively about crocheting baby blankets. You, you could. You could talk a lot about crocheting anything as far as I can tell. We could talk, we could talk politics. That would be riveting. Mm, let's not. <laughs> well, then maybe you shouldn't ask me what I want to talk about. It's a fair point. Yeah. Okay. Then let's talk about what I want to talk about. Okay. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about something from Arkansas. Oh. Do you know my grandfather's from Arkansas? I did not know that. Is that the grandfather whose name is something... H. Ray. H. Ray is a great name. Yep. Was that an initial and a yes. name? Okay. Because otherwise that's weird. Yeah. Well, all right. This episode will be in memory of H. Ray. How's that? <laughs> Thank you. Arkansas is famous for not that many things. A few things, though. Bill Clinton, yes. I suppose. Love him or hate him. He's, he's very well known in, in Arkansas. A son of Arkansas. He's also known as the, has the only diamond mine in the United States. You can really? actually, and actually for free, you can go there yeah. and pick diamonds, although I think they're like microscopic. It's like a park, right? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Yeah. So you can go in this park in Arkansas, uh-huh. find a diamond, take it home and keep it. Yeah. One time, I don't know when, a lady was doing that. She found a huge diamond. Really? Uh-huh. Huh. Mostly, I, my understanding is people get like, oh, that's worth about $14. Yeah. Have fun. So, still. Well, and I cool. get, you know, they don't look like diamonds. They look like rocks. They don't look... Beautiful. So I probably wouldn't recognize. So I imagine little tiny but perfectly pristine (laughs) opalescent diamonds laying in the sand somewhere near a river. That's just how I picture it. Like the diamond and rubies sticking out of the walls of um, the Seven Dwarfs mine. A a lot like that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's also known for giant chicken factories. Oh, yeah. It's known for Walmart. Is that where they're from? Oh, yeah. Bentonville, Walmart. Bentonville, Arkansas. Home of Walmart. Still is the HQ of Walmart. And it's known as the place where former President Dwight Eisenhower had to send the army so little black kids can go to school in unsegregated schools in Little Rock in 1957. Yeah, that's true. And now we're going to add one more thing that Arkansas is famous for. I hope it's just as good as all those things. It's better. Oh, okay. It's the White River Monster. This is a monster story, an unknown animal, a cryptid, perhaps. (laughs) Shocker coming from you. (sighs) This thing was first, it's actually been spotted over the years many times, for sure in the 30s and the 70s, but possibly even further back. We'll get into that in a second. So the White River, for those Wait, of you who don't, yes. In the 30s and the 70s? Yes. So not the 40s, 50s, or 60s? Uh, maybe the 60s, maybe the 20s, maybe the teens, maybe the 1890s. Okay. The most famous sightings of this creature were, though, in the 1930s and the 1970s. Okay. Okay. The White River travels from its source in the Boston Mountains in northwest Arkansas. Wouldn't okay. have thought that. Yeah. And it kind of winds its way around. It goes north and then uh, south into the Ozark Mountains in Missouri. It, it kind of travels from northwest Arkansas into the southern central kind of part of Missouri. I'm assuming to catch Reba McIntyre or Jeff Foxworthy or maybe Waylon and Madden because it goes right by Branson, <laughs> Missouri. All those great, great, super talented acts that they have there in Branson. The river then cruises 
east and goes down to the southeast through Arkansas, and it washes into the mighty Mississippi River near a town called Rosedale. It's about 300 miles north of the mouth of the Mississippi in Gulf of Mexico. That's important. It's kind of important because, you know, it's a good-sized river. Yeah. And it's a tributary of the Mississippi. It's a 722-mile journey of pretty wild country, kind of river, bottomland, forest, and small-town southern America. So Sounds I'm, like it's probably lovely. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's very green uh-huh. and very hot and humid in the summer for sure. sure. Probably big, big, big feral hogs, I bet you. We're going to do an episode one of these days on Hogzilla. <laughs> I'm fascinated by feral hogs. They can get gigantic. Yeah, it sure does come up a lot. Yeah, well, it should. Uh, Damn it. Uh, I don't know. The White River has snapping turtles. Alligator oh. gar, even the occasional Gulf sturgeon, a very big fish, and catfish that get pretty big, and some championship trout, by the way. Go uh-huh. there for the fish and stay for the, I don't know, some other okay. things, the meth made in Ozarks. I'm wow. assuming because of the TV show, only okay. for that reason. Not because there's lots of meth in Arkansas. There is, sure, <laughs> but that's a coincidence. There's a lot of meth everywhere, probably. That's true. That's very true. There is also something very huge and unknown and even monstrous in the White River, and that is the White River Monster. So you have the obligatory story of supposedly this creature was known to the, in this case, Quapaw Native American tribe way back in the olden, olden, olden days when it overturned a, quote, Braves canoe. That's standard stuff. It's virtually never true, or at the very least it's exaggerated. Every time you have a modern story of something unknown, someone finds an, something Native American, a, a Native American legend, legend yeah. about it is to is to give this the sense of oh it's been around for a long time it's not just sudden it's it's yeah. I mean never true so something in the river turned over Braves canoe oh he must be talking about the White River monster we discovered here in the 1930s so no the source by the way where I read that also. Describe the White River Monster as typically looking very snake-like and 30 feet long. That's absolutely not true. So this source is terrible. Again, with most of these things, you didn't have sources that are all over the place. You can There's a consistency that we, we will get to what it really was described as, but it wasn't described as this source described it. And also this source uses the word brave in 21st century America to describe a Native American male and yeah. without a quote. So that's that's never a good sign. But still, we can go back in the olden days and supposedly have this alleged evidence of the White River Monster, which sounds like what, Carrie? What does that sound like to you that we're doing here now? What do you mean? Girlfriend, that sounds like a timeline. Oh. <laughs> it's timeline time. So now we fast forward to the Civil War era. 1860s, there's some legends from, I, I don't know if, how long after the Civil War these legends came up, but that there was something in the Mississippi and the White River back in the Civil War days. These were important for, for transportation in that time. Yeah. And that there even may have been something of a factor in the Civil War in the 1860s. So during the Civil War, the Mississippi River and its tributaries were, again, Critical transportation grid. I mean, they were there the way things got around because the Union was able to blow up ra- uh, railroads and things like that pretty easily very often. Right. So the rivers became, and the Mississippi became absolutely vital to the South, especially. Tons of boats were plying these waters. Some of those boats steaming through the White River were overturned. And some people think, I think later, thought, hmm, could that have been this massive creature seen later 
Could it have been around during Civil War times and have been overturning boats, just like it overturned that, quote, Braves canoe back in the olden so, days? the legend is that the White River monster was an abolitionist, probably? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Although I don't, you know, I don't know if it was always Confederate boats or not. Probably, though. I'm, I imagine that until the Union. I, I don't know. I don't have my Civil War timeline. <laughs> when the Union took over, you know, Arkansas area, I have no idea. You know, my response to that is, sure, why not? Yeah. I mean, boats overturned. It's a war. I don't know. Yeah. This is probably just a legend, or even it could be an ad hoc after the fact assertion when the White River Monster became a thing much later. There was absolutely no of official record whatsoever of any kind of a wartime boat sinking being attributed to any kind of a beast. Yeah. But we'll leave that alone and move on in our time. I would here. imagine they had bigger, more important things to do. That's true. But even back, for sure, if someone saw some big old thing overturn a boat, that would have been a story. For, that would have made the papers. and it would have, Absolutely. It's yeah. I mean, papers still ran normal stories all the time during yeah. the war. So, yeah. It's not just about war, Carrie. Well. There's other stuff as human interest stories. <laughs> and monster stories. Huh? River and monster absolutely stories. Absolutely river monster stories. Better be. So, similarly, it does not appear... To have any real Native American legends. No, you know, mod, more modern ethnologists have not found any trace whatsoever of the White River Monster going way, way back in the olden days when the Native Americans were the only people living there. Right. So those two things we, you know, can kind of um, more or less discard. But in 1912, a crew floating timber down the White River looked into the clear depths of the river. I guess it was very clear, at least in 1912 it was. And they can see all the way to the bottom of the river. I'm not sure how deep that would be, but decently deep. Yeah. And it was near the small town, that the then very small town of Branson, Missouri. Mm, now, of course, okay. the thriving entertainment mecca for mainstream country music and hack comedy. <laughs> and very amazed, the lumber workers saw something massive down at the bottom of the river. I think just sort of hanging out there. Their best guess at the time was that it was an absolutely ginormous turtle. And we have snapping turtles there, and they get pretty big. Yeah. But this looked to them to be massive, as far as they can tell. I'm sure it wasn't purely pristine, but they could see it in the murk at least, and they saw what they thought was a turtle. They estimated its weight at 300 pounds. Wow. And as we talked about before, I have no idea how anyone thinks they can estimate their weight of anything yeah. accurately at all. I mean, it's, it's really hard. As we know, we've talked about many times. It's very, very difficult to estimate size, of course, unless you have very clear reference points. I, weight's kind of the same. I mean, I yeah, don't know. I wouldn't be, but like uh, uh, somebody who knows about turtles, I guess. Could Again, they weren't the sure. It just sort of looked like a turtle to them. Oh, okay. In what I read, though, it, they had the witnesses saying, oh, it looked like it's like 300 pounds, but no one decided to say, oh, and it was whatever long or whatever wide. Yeah. There's no estimate of its size, which yeah. is kind of weird. So why you estimate its weight but not its sign, I, I, size, I don't know. Seems like the size would have been a little bit easier guess in this context. But anyway, that was 1912. Mm -hmm. Something big down there on the bottom of the White River, according to some lumber workers. Mm-hmm. Here's a quote, by the way, from an Arkansas newspaper at the time. Quote, The report of the big river monster created quite a sensation among the sportsmen of Branson, and Tom Brainard, one of the local anglers, organized a party to go and capture it. As it will be impossible to gig the turtle, they took a number of strong ropes, which they will endeavor to loop over it and land it in that manner. 
as you will. Sure. As is normal. No word on whether they're able to rope this turtle or not, this alleged turtle. Yeah. Nothing. Just stops there. I don't know what happened to Tom Brainerd. Don't know who Tom Brainerd was. Other than a very prominent local angler. Yeah. Fisher person. And they went and tried to rope a turtle in. I, I'm going to assume they were not successful. I would make the same assumption. So these are in contemporaneous newspapers, 1912. 1915 brings us the first kind of, I don't know, sort of official sightings that seem a little bit more like the modern monster, the, the what the White River monster is now. In 1915, a plantation owner with his land along the river said he saw something really huge in the river that was gray-skinned, so some kind of gray hide, and quote, as wide as a car and three cars long. Sure. This is 1915. I have no idea. I don't even know what kind of car he was talking about. Could he be talking about a train car? He could be talking about a car, like a Model T or something like that. It would have to like be that. a Model T, right? I don't know. Or an old, old-timey old car. They, didn't they have like Stanley steamers or something? I don't know, right? They had. It wasn't just Model Ts. Though. I don't know. There were other cars, but still. Yeah. They weren't that big. No. So I looked it up, and a Model T was about 11 feet long. Yeah. So was it 11 feet wide by 33 feet long? I have no idea. But that's... Still big. It's very or, big, yeah. yeah. For sure big. For sure something unusual. Nothing he was used to seeing there. So yeah, if he saw some kind of a 30-ish foot long creature down yeah. uh, in the with gray skin in the White River, we're getting warm, as you'll see in a second here. Okay. The sighting, this sighting back in 1915 made a huge splash in the area and the media and in the press. And locals talked about making a huge rope. They're going to manufacture, a, <laughs> I'm sorry, they're going to manufacture a giant rope net. Okay. So a huge net made out of ropes, and they're going to drag it across the river and capture that creature in it. And you know, a lot of other things, too. I'm not sure how yeah. feasible that was. That sounds like a good plan. Sadly, or maybe happily, depending on your point of view, they never did get around to finishing the task. It seems that no one wanted to kick in the money or, or you know, donate the materials to make this humongous yeah. rope net. So they never got around to making a rope net and dragging the Just river. have everybody bring their ropes. That's tie them together. Yep. No one wanted to do it. It's like, cost ah, a lot. I need my rope. Everybody's got ropes eh, in no 1915. One. They want to give it up. They were probably too busy with clan meetings, I assume, at the time. Yeah, that's 1915 true. Arkansas. Yeah. So the reason I say this might be the first, quote, official sighting is because this event was never mentioned until the far more famous events of 1937. That's always a red flag. It's like, no, oh, really? It's a big story in 1937. It's like, oh, no, no, no. I saw that thing in 1915. Yeah. Here's the story. But there's no contemporaneous accounts, at least that researchers have been able to find, in 1915 of this alleged sighting. So... It's just sort of one of those, you know, probably a, a fisherman pipes up in 1937 says, yo, come on, that's nothing. I saw that in 1915. Yeah. It's a perfect accent, by the way. That's it is. That's on. a very good Arkansas-ian Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate accent. That. Uh, also, it doesn't make it not true. No, it doesn't. It just makes it less reliable. Yeah. Anytime you have something that can't be found contemporaneously when it is supposed to happen, and the longer it goes on, the less reliable that is, especially when it's sort of cued by a current event. It's not always true, for yeah. sure. Sometimes it is you. Sometimes there's a reason. You know, sometimes there's a reason I didn't come forward or something like that. Why would you not? People did. People had just three years before 1915 come forward with the story. It, it would make perfect sense to come forward with the story if you saw something in 1915. Yeah, but except nothing came of it. So it could be like, that guy was crazy. We never mm, found anything. Or, 
You know what I mean? Uh, maybe, but I, 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 I mean, would, not much happened in that story that you relayed from 1915. Oh, I thought so. it was riveting. It had a beginning, a middle, <laughs> and it was compelling. That was 1937. No, 1915. Uh, well, yeah. not the 37 yet. That story, that 1915 story, wasn't told in 1937. Yeah, correct. When the big events happened, we still have yeah. another one in 1924. Oh, Carrie, just okay. calm down. You're the one that brought up 1937, not me. I said later on. We, okay. we went, we're not there. Okay. We're in 1950. It's a timeline, Carrie. Timelines Don't work with forward. linear. Don't jump forward. So in 1924, there is potentially another sighting. Again, though, it's kind of the same thing, though. It wasn't reported until 1937 when this became stored. Sorry for jumping ahead and confusing you, Carrie. But in 1924, allegedly, a Little Rock, Arkansas woman named Ethel Smith said that she and her husband had seen the creature again back in 1924. They were on vacation with their kids on the White River. And they'd looked out and seen a giant creature, quote, it was making a loud blowing noise, but never did show its head or tail. It was a terrible looking thing with dingy gray crusted hide. It frightened me badly, end quote. Huh. Which, by the way, no more or less agrees with the descriptions right. that were then being made in 1937 when she told the story that allegedly happened 13 years before that. Yeah. So... You don't always hear about the, about the sound. Some in the 1937, which we'll get to in just a minute, you do hear some report sounds. Mostly you don't. So she reported sound. So it could have been, yeah, her memory was jogged. And she remembered that incident in 1934, or I'm, I'm sorry, 1924, but it also could have been that she's yeah. just sort of glomming on. So I, I'm going to red flag the 1915 and 1924 events because they were not mentioned until 1937. Not impossible. They're true, though. Yes. So now we're in 1937. Okay. Let's call this Major Incident One. It's not, nothing official. I made that up just now. This one, when the real business kind of begins, is late June 1937 is in the hot heart of the Great Depression. It's yeah. Both hot. The hot heart. And it's poor times. It's the hot <laughs> heart. And we finally have contemporaneous episode with contemporaneous reports as this happened and can, as these incidents and sightings continue to happen in June and July of 1937. Descriptions during this period of the creature were pretty darn consistent, and they were repeated and by eventually quite a few witnesses, or at least alleged witnesses, and we can't be sure how reliable all of them are, but it does, to me, it does seem that this was almost certainly something at the core of this episode in 1937. So, this in 1937 also started with a plantation owner, presumably a different plantation owner than 1915, because that 1915 guy didn't have a name, this guy does. His name was Bramlett Bateman. Bramlett. Bramlett Bateman. The wow. South has fantastic names. Dude, they call him BB for short? I assume. We're not going to do that, though, because that would be disrespectful in my mind. I don't think so. Okay. Bateman, he claimed that he had heard reports of something big in the White River near the shores of his land. I don't know if he heard it from you know workers or whatever, but he said, okay, I'm, I'm hearing stories. Something big is out in the river. It's right off my plantation. He goes and he checks it out. And then, as he, so he's investigating, he's on the river looking for this big thing. What happens? He sees the big thing. He would eventually claim to see it four or five times. Wow, he's lucky. Yeah, yes. But during this initial period, some other local worthies, including, a, I think, a deputy sheriff, would actually sign affidavits saying, yeah, no, we saw this big thing either with or, or with Bateman or, or without him. Yeah. He was a, a many people in... This part of Arkansas is near a town called Newport along the White River would claim 
in the in the initial days too, which is to me it's kind of important because again, you more, the more you go on in these stories, yeah. the, the later supposed events always become a little more suspect because it, you have the possibility of mass hysteria or just possibly a bandwagoning or something like that. Yeah. But here initially, you have some very prominent folks in the local area who are saying we saw something and we're even willing to put their name on an affidavit saying that. To me, that's semi important. So Bateman described the beast as having quote the skin of an elephant four or five feet wide by 12 feet long with the face of a catfish lolling on the surface of the water. To me, I appreciate that because he's not saying it's 30 feet long, it's 40 feet long, it's It's 12 feet long. It's a big creature. He doesn't know what it is. It doesn't belong in the White River. It's no known fauna of the White River, but it is, but his description isn't beyond the pale. Is he very familiar with like the different fish in that river? Because Carrie. Carrie, this is rural Arkansas. You know what's in the river, okay? <laughs> Could be a giant sturgeon. Now he, he knows. Well, we'll talk about that. Okay. He also said, quote, the animal rises to the surface in the late afternoons and floats or swims around 5 to 15 minutes with its head underwater, end quote. Keep that in mind as well when we talk about what this thing might be okay. or have been. So Bateman claims he was worried that the creature could threaten his crops. So How? Uh, Carrie, he's scared. <laughs> he goes and he gets himself some dynamite because, hey, oh. it could threaten his crops, Carrie. So let's blow it so up. So let's blow the goddamn thing up. That's what he decides aye, to do. Aye. He's going to blow up the creature. He says it's been seen in what he calls an eddy in the river where it had been sighted multiple times. I don't think they mean it. When we think of eddy, don't we think, I think of a, a you know, a, a t- no, nah, what's the word I'm looking for? Tide pool? Not a tide pool, where the water's going around and around. Oh, around. Like, a, like a whirlpool. Like a whirlpool. Yeah. yeah. Don't you feel like that? An eddy? Uh, they, they seem to use I'm it. I'm not entirely sure. I think honest. they mean kind of a little cove and a fairly deep little cove yeah. along the side of the river. I think that's that's how it seems from context clues that they're using the word eddy. Okay. So he says, I'm, I, it's been seen in that eddy. I'm going to get me some dynamite. I'm going to blow that thing up and it'll rise to the surface and we'll capture it. Probably dead. Okay. I mean, dis- despite the obvious and imminent threat that this giant river creature might maraud through Bateman's, I guess, cotton fields, local authorities still said, no, 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 no. You're not going to stick a bunch of dynamite into the river and kill things. So we're saying... Cooler heads prevailed on that uh-uh. one. Today, if the local authorities had denied... A white American, the right to dynamite <laughs> a creature in the river by his plantation. It would be on Fox News. It would be a Second Amendment issue. Yep. Some federal judge would overrule the local authorities and allow Bateman to dynamite the shit out of any animal dangerously swimming in the river near his cotton. Yep. So that's the that's how things have gone in the last <laughs> many, many decades. In the last not quite 100 years, things in many ways have gotten so much worse. So... Bateman was very successful, not in dynamiting this creature, but in getting a lot of attention. This thing became a huge story. It was all in the local newspapers, and then it went regional and even started getting play in national media across the country during this time. So suddenly, what happens? The area is swamped with tourists. People want to go see this weird, amazing creature in the White River in Arkansas, near Newport, Arkansas. There's like campers, there's day trippers. They flood to White River. They flood in Newport. They bring their cameras thinking they're going to snap a picture of this unknown creature. Others, though, do bring explosives. I guess having the same idea that Bateman had. 
at least some people even brought machine guns. What? Who uh, has machine guns? This is 1937. Remember Mobsters. the whole monster thing? Yeah. People had machine guns. So not mo- just I'm not saying just moonshiners. People. Moonshiners. Let's go with moonshiners. Moonshiners and monsters. Moonshiners and monsters. So, yeah. The South actually had more mob activity than people realize. Yeah. Everything's just like Chicago and New York, you know, Philly, the big cities with large Italian populations. There was all kinds of mob. What we had just, what is fairly described as mob activity in, in, in yeah. all throughout the South. A lot of it did uh, revolve around moonshine, though. This yeah. is after Prohibition was repealed, but still there's lots of, lots of moonshine issues going on here. So maybe, maybe as moonshiners got their machine guns out, yeah. went up to Newport hoping to kill this creature. Bateman kept the fire boiling. He talked about his sightings a lot. Again, he had supposedly multiple sightings. He said, quote, from the best I can tell from the distance, it would be 12 feet long and four or five feet wide. I did not see the head nor tail, but it slowly rose to the surface and stayed in this position for some five minutes. So much like he had said earlier, uh-huh. which, I, you know, I don't, I, again, he's, he's consistent. Yeah. He is consistent and he's not overly he, he's not describing something that's ludicrous and he doesn't escalate it every time he tells the story he, he didn't like he, a lot of people do. yeah yeah that's very common we've talked about it before how you kind of accrete stories and, uh-huh. and you add and you embellish he doesn't appear to be doing that quote it did not move up or down the river at this particular time but afterward on different occasions i have seen it move up and down the river but i never have at any time been able to determine the full length or size of said monster so it could have been slightly oh. larger than that because a lot of times he's just not seen the head and possibly not the tail if there is a tail yeah but still don't you like by the way the the said monster part i i feel like journalists reporters at that time yeah. had no problem just sort of cleaning up the what they thought they should make <laughs> someone sound i don't know they thought yeah. it smarter it usually makes them sound more officious but I swear to God, I feel like they rewrote people's quotes at any time they wanted to. Yeah. No, we'll make you sound a little smarter in their world anyway, because that doesn't. No one says said monster. <laughs> Bateman had a witness with him in one of his sightings. It was a county deputy sheriff. His name is ZB Reed. I'm going to assume he was the same guy who signed the affidavit. And he's ZB Reed. The, the sheriff said, "Quote: I saw a lot of foam and bubbles coming up in a circle about 30 feet in diameter." And he said that the creature eventually came up to the surface and he said, quote, it looked like a large sturgeon or catfish, end quote. And they said the thing stayed on the top of the river for a couple minutes before it, it dived back again. So it's coming up. It's, yeah, keep in mind this behavior because this behavior is going to fit a couple of things. We'll, okay. see. we'll see later. This time, the locals did use a big net to try to capture the creature. I guess they could afford it. They got their own net. They got a net by this time. They'd be able to make a big rope net. Here's what a Newport newspaper at the time said, quote, Newport residents fashioned a big rope net today in the hope of being able to snare a mysterious monster whose presence in a 60-foot deep White River eddy six miles south of here has frightened Negro plantation workers, end quote, because casual racism was a thing even in 1937. Well, what do you mean even in, especially Well, you know what I mean. I mean, no, usually it was more overt than that. That was like just sort of, that was being light. Yeah. So uh, the monster, though, did not bother to swim into the net for them, so they were not able to capture it. (laughs) I don't know what they, I don't know. I I guess they just laid it out in that eddy. This also is one of the reasons I think the eddy was was 60 feet long. It's 60 feet deep. That's a pretty deep little pocket of the river, apparently, something like that. There have been dozens of sightings by this time, so the locals were not done trying to catch the monster. They decided to send a diver into the water with this massive unknown animal down there. Wow. 
And this is 1937, so we're talking one of those, you know, one of those metal helmets and the hose to the yeah. top where they're pumping the air into one of those kind of diving yeah. outfits. The, the bottom walking thing. I guess they'd have probably weights, right? Well, and that helmet probably is a, That's a true. weight in and Big of itself. Brass helmet, I think. Was yeah. it brass or copper or something like that? I don't know. So, you know, though, as the kind of diver who'd have absolutely no chance of escaping if this monster came after and attacked him. So, you know. I'm sorry. If said monster came after and attacked yes, him. Yes, but he would also have, his head would be protected. Yes, the rest of his body, not so much, though. <laughs> so, the diver went into the depths of this eddy where the monster had been seen. The whole thing was paid for by the local chamber of commerce. They hired the guy they hired to do this dive was named Charles B. Brown. And so he, I guess he was a diver. He got his gear together and he headed down to Newport. I'm not, I'm not sure where he was. Oh, that's what it was. He worked actually at the U.S. engineer's office in Memphis, Tennessee. So he wasn't a local. Yeah. I guess there aren't a lot of, you know, deep sea divers in, <laughs> Probably in rural not. Arkansas, which makes sense <laughs> if you think about it, I guess. But he also, he wasn't a professional diver. He's just a guy who did this, I guess, a hobbyist, I guess. I don't know. He but he, a, uh, he's yeah, an engineer he or at least works in the engineer's office in Memphis. Anyway, they, they found him, they hired him, they brought him over the Newport, or, uh, Arkansas to the White River and said, okay, go find us. This monster is in this eddy. He apparently didn't think he would see anything in the river he thought, okay, this is nonsense, right. but I'll take the money. That's no big deal. Just to be safe, though, he brought along a harpoon for Smart. protection. Yes, it is. He said he thought, okay, these people just seeing like maybe a big catfish, something like that. I'll go down there. You know, maybe yeah. I'll see the catfish. Maybe I won't. Doesn't matter. Still, you can imagine. Um, you know, he's got this big helmet diver is walking along the silty bottom of the river. He's got the harpoon ready. He's looking over his shoulder for anything big and scary. You have to. You know, you can talk a lot of talk, but dozens of people had seen this giant creature. It's got to be a little nerve-wracking, I think. Yeah. So Charles, the engineer diver, he got stuck in the very deep silt three times during his, and pretty quickly. Oh. He was never, he was only down for an hour. He's only doing this for about an hour. And so three times he got stuck and they had to pull him up with ropes. Wow. I don't know if he signaled like three for you're stuck. I don't know. And one time... A kink in his air hose. Oh, no. No, well, actually, it, it was the opposite of what I might be thinking. He didn't cut off his air. It caused his suit to fill up with air, and he <laughs> floated <laughs> to the top where they said, oh, there's our diver. He looks like a balloon. <laughs> That's hilarious. So he was down there for about an hour uh, being pulled up three times and floating up one time. He didn't get much done, but he, he never saw anything down there that looked like the monster. Was or this- was this ever made into an old-timey movie that, you know, is sped up and it looks like everything's going faster? That 1937, would be <laughs> they had figured out uh, film speed by then, so no. An even less qualified local named David Smythe also wanted to get on the action, and he decided, I'm going to dive. How hard can it be? I'm not a diver, but I'll, I'll do it. So he wanted to go there and dive as well, and he cobbled together his own diving suit and apparatus using a quote an old gasoline tank rubber hose and bicycle pump man from a boat wow <laughs> yeah boy that's a dangerous stupid thing to do i want to know how long this guy lived it should have worked it didn't work as far as he just didn't see anything i don't know if he even did it he, he um well i think he did i think he tried but there's no he didn't see anything by the end of this event in 1937, it just sort of, the sightings just sort of petered out in July of 1937. I don't think they're even, they didn't last more than a couple of weeks. 
But by the end of that time, about 100 witnesses claimed to have caught sight of the moss. Maybe it was a month or so. I'm not sure. Yeah. I imagine a lot of those 100 witnesses were just tourists who yelled, monster, every time they saw like a log <laughs> or anything, in a, maybe a wake, you know, from a boat or something like that. They just pointed and said, oh, we saw the monster. Still, in a short time, this is a lot of people thinking they saw the monster, and some of them probably did. Still, even in the 1930s, there was a news cycle, and the news just kind of moved on, and it, it went away, and it became... It, it kind of not, not not forgotten, but was no longer a big thing anymore. Some folks, more modern times, have even alleged that the whole spate of sightings in 1937 was started as a hoax by our plantation owner Bramwell Bateman, because this was during the Great Depression, and this area was really hard hit by the Depression. The White River Basin had also been devastated by flooding early in the year. So it was on very economic hard times, even before the Depression era, it was in bad shape. Yeah. So the area really needed a boost, and some people think that Bateman had oh. started it up to draw tourists, make some money. He actually set up a viewing area on his land, and he charged the tourists a quarter, which is like $17,000 in today's money, <laughs> to see if they could spot the monster. So he's yeah. making, he made more money by selling them like, sandwiches and soft drinks sure i'm assuming moxie i'm guessing so you got a ham sandwich a bottle of moxie give me a quarter you can look in that telescope and you see yourself a monster yeah and you made some cash but that's where that ended again to me i think that's a real event i think there were people who really did see something i think there was something there yeah so now we fast forward to 1966 wow where all we have though is a single reference about a sighting of something big in the white river the supposedly the creature was seen by three people at this time, but the only citation I found for it was this article on a, on a website. And this article also said the creature, I'm sorry, this article was the one I mentioned a while ago where they said, oh, the creature was snake-like and was always described as 30 feet long. So this, I, I, I don't trust this website. It's, it's not a credible yeah. source. And, and the creature from 1966 in this one citation is described as having like a mermaid's tail, a long body, flippers kind of like arms, and a head shaped like a monkey's. Okay. I don't know. That's not. So I don't think that happened. I don't think there was a 1966 yeah, item. That was, right now. a little more far-fetched. It does. In 1971-72, though, there was the next sighting. So the, I, in my humble opinion, I think the 1937 and the 71 sightings are the real deal. Okay. So in 1971, this is the final appearance, by the way, and it, so far, of the White River Monster. It, occur, uh, it occurred also in the summer. It was in July and kind of into August of 1971, and then some, possibly another sighting or two in June of 1972, so summer the following year. For sh It's much more secure of the July-August 71 period, though. That's, there's multiple sightings then. Okay. So the appearance of this creature was also fairly consistent, not only internally during that 71 time, but also hearkening back to 1937. It, it was described as very similar to what was described in 1937. It was seen in the water. It was said to be, quote, the size of a boxcar. Now, that I'm pretty sure <laughs> is a train. So that's pretty big. That is pretty big. So I looked that up. And oh, they also said it might be, quote, the length of three or four pickup trucks. And I looked up what a, how big a huh. pickup was in 1971. Yeah. And, and, and so that implies that thing was 45, 50, maybe even, even as much as 60 feet long yeah. by these descriptions in 1971. So similar but bigger to what was described in 1937. But yeah. as we've talked about it many, many times, size of yeah. things are in, in nature, especially if they're unexpected or unknown to you, are incredibly hard 
to estimate. Yeah. So typically, though, witnesses reported that it, quote, looked as if the thing was peeling all over, but it was a smooth type of skin or flesh. So not mm. like fish scales, apparently, it sounds like. Yeah. But smooth skin, but kind of a, it appeared to be peeling. Yeah. At least one witness, though, reported that he saw, he thought he saw like, like some, something that looked to him like a horn on its head. And others said that they looked like it had a sort of a, maybe a little bit of a spiny ridge along its back. Okay. And some people. Sea serpenty. Yeah. It does sound a little bit like that, yes. Some people even said they heard its sound and it, and it, it makes some kind of a noise and it sounded to them like a mix of a, quote, cow's moo and a horse's neigh, end quote. Okay. So, weirdly, one supposed sighting of at least the aftermath of the monster was said to be a short track of three-toed prints left in the mud. So they, it was on, I think it was on a little island in the middle of the river, and they saw this, these, these prints, or it was on the, on the side of the river, I'm not sure. The prints were about 14 inches, that's 360 millimeters, as you know, long, and they're, oh, they were, I'm sorry, they, yeah, it was found on Towhead Island. That's a little spit of land in the middle of the river north of Newport. The tracks led through the island, back down into the river, leaving a trail of like bent saplings and crushed grass yeah. in its wake. So something heavy with three toes, apparently, or yeah. at least three things that looked like toes in the mud had been on that resting or, or, or something sunny itself, I don't know, on that little tiny island and went back yeah. into the water. There was also a picture taken. It's considered the best picture, really the only decent picture at all that was taken during this 1971 was by a guy named Cloyce Warren, another fantastic name. Yeah. He took the picture on June 28th, and it's the best picture. It's pretty crap. We'll put it on our social media. It's super grainy. It's very badly focused. It, you just kind of see a short kind of a hump in the water. Oh. You have no sense of the, the length of it. It could be a log. It could be, you know, bags of trash. It could be something living. Sure. Warren says he was fishing with his friends at the time, and he estimated that it was like something like 20 feet long, and that he did see something to him like a backbone. I don't know if he, could, he described it as ridged or something like that, but, but he yeah. can see a backbone on it. There's another picture, by the way, that's you see, you'll see it on some websites and said this is it could be a picture of the White River Monster. I've seen that picture. We should show that picture again. It is incredibly obviously a black bear. What? It, it even has the two little round ears. In the like water? a bear. Oh, bear, bears swim all the time. Yeah. But. And so it's just it's just somebody took a picture of a bear swimming across the right river and said, <laughs> Oh my god, I think that's the monster. I mean, it's it's uh, the person who took it has either has never seen a bear, maybe never even seen the logo of the Chicago Cubs, because at a glance, it looks like a bear to me. That's funny. So whatever. So that's it. So there's no real good picture. There's no video at all. And there's no real well, good picture yeah. evidence of the White River, but that's not amazing. That you know, it, right. it wasn't spotted. Yeah. And this one, it, it, it was in 1937. The cameras wouldn't have been so common, even though the tourists had them. And 1971, it was it was spotted quite as as many times as it was in 37. Weirdly, if you go back even further, you can go back to 1892 and find another White River monster. So I found in the lore, there's another thing called the White River monster. And you're thinking, oh my god, it goes back to 1892. Uh-uh. That was in White River, Indiana. It's oh. another White River, not the White River in Arkansas. The only reason I mention this White River, Indiana creature is because it does sometimes get lumped in with the White River monster. So be careful if you're looking into this on your own. So you, if you see anything, <laughs> well, you might be. I'm just uh, for my fellow enthusiast I mean, yeah, researchers. Sure. And 
is so it, it does get lumped in and it shouldn't be. But otherwise, the best thing about this incident is the epic takedown of a group of men who went to hunt and capture the monster by an uh, Indiana newspaper writer. He oh. said, quote, the fish stories they tell on the return will equal the snake story, which appeared in Monday's Democrat a newspaper, I guess, which was without a doubt a hallucination of a diseased mind brought on by an attack of tizerism of the brain. And woe be unto his monstership if he fails in the way, uh, if he falls in the way of the invincible quintet on their homeward float, because they are equipped to capture large game. It would be a fortune to them should they capture this monster alive and exhibit it under canvas, unquote. That's all one sentence, by the way. Okay, this guy didn't want to be a newspaper reporter. He wanted to be a novelist. Oh, they wrote like that a lot. <laughs> it was dreadful purple pro- prose in, in those days. Good I had no Lord. idea what Tizerism is. No one even knows this. Yeah. Day. It was probably some local politician or something like that. But uh, this guy didn't like the group going out to the capture of the White River Monster of Indiana. And uh, so he, yeah, he went apparently. after them. All right. This thing today would go viral. Great language. Great writing. Very talented. I disagree. I hate every word in that sentence. <laughs> this Indiana creature was said to be about 12 feet long, had with horns, and several feet wide in the middle. Turns out they did find what it was. What do you think? It was this terrifying monster was the skin of a cow that got caught on branches in the middle of oh. the White River. So that's all. Ick. Well, you know, hide. Cows were... Sure. Cut the hide but, out. Yeah. So it was, that's all it was. I don't know what the, where the cow, what happened to the cow. Yeah. But it probably was steak. But so people see a cow skin in the river. It's a monster. <laughs> Let's go get it. Well, maybe it was inside out. They Maybe. were looking at the inside. Possibly. You know, if they sure, had seen the sure. brown and white spots, yeah. then they would yeah, the recognize Because all cows it. have brown and white spots. Well, or black and white we'll or whatever. If they, had, if they had seen cow hair, cow hair, fur, cow hair. hide, yep. cow hair, fur, hide. Probably would have recognized it. I like I cow hair, fur, hide. Just one word. Roll it <laughs> what together. What do they have? Do they cow have, hair, fur, hide. Do they have hair or fur? Uh, fur. I have no idea. <laughs> What's the difference between fur and hair? Um... I don't know, but I know there is. Okay. All right. Well, some dogs have fur. Some dogs have hair. Really? Poodles have hair. That's why what? they don't shed. <sighs> that seems Although genetically people, wrong. people have hair and shed, so I don't know. Uh, people shed? We lose hair all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, we don't. We rarely call it shedding when we're talking about people. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah. My sister sure shed all over the couch. You rarely. People yeah, don't say that. She does. Well, okay. That sister in this house. Uh, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so, really, you have... In my mind, two major incidents, major sightings, one in 1937 and another in 1971, which again, possibly uh, there are a couple sightings in 72, not as many. It's not clear. Yeah. The other supposed sightings are just, to me, they're, really, they're tenuous. They're possibly fake. Again, those ones that were told in 1937 after the, this became a big story about 1915, 1924 right. supposed sightings. I just, I honestly don't trust them. Um, the, remember the, also the lumber crew in the 1890s that saw uh-huh. the big giant turtle. That to me sounds like a very different creature yeah. than the 37 and 71 sightings. Probably, well, I don't know, a turtle. Yeah. A big turtle, just not, you know, a 300 pound turtle. Yeah. But again, we can't judge size and weight with a shed as humans. I'm not, I'm not bagging on those lumbermen from 1892 whenever it's just people can't do that. Yeah. There does seem to be something real at the core of the two major events. And though the, the size varies a lot, otherwise the descriptions seem fairly consistent, not perfectly. There are yeah. some ridges here. There is a horn in one. But 
otherwise they're pretty they're fairly similar in terms of what the skin was like what the color yeah. was things but also, like that in all of these instances i'm sure people are just getting a fleeting glimpse for sure they're not yeah. watching it for minutes and yeah so it makes sense that the sightings differ a little bit i agree but still you have smooth skin Sometimes that is peeling. It's kind of grayish or at least a neutral tone. It spends time at the top of the water, but also frequently dives. And it often keeps its head underwater, even if that's kind of lolling at the top of the water. Yeah. It doesn't always make a sound. In fact, it mostly doesn't. Most people didn't hear a sound. But sometimes when it does, it, maybe it sounds like a, a cow or a horse. Notice it is never not once said to be aggressive. And is, it must usually be below the surface yeah otherwise it'd be seen a lot more right. you think so think about those things put that into your brain as we think about what this thing was in a minute <laughs> and um i was going to call it a basket of facts well still one other thing is important put it into your basket of facts okay <laughs> you. your shop your shopping cart and it's free <laughs> during the two clearest events it was cited many times in 71 and 37 so that tells me that it it spends a lot of time under the water but it does have to surface quite frequently okay yeah so what the hell was the white river monster for sure what it was not was a plesiosaur i only mentioned that because as with everything mysterious in the river some uh, in, in a body of water someone yeah. can say oh it's a plesiosaur always yeah. even though that's ridiculous and embarrassing plesiosaurs are air breathing <laughs> animals so everybody out there who thinks Loch Ness Monster is a plesiosaur you're an idiot not just because they've been extinct for 67 million years something like that but because they are air breathing animals they would be seen every single day maybe it evolved nope it didn't evolve you can't even know what evolved from an air breathing reptile into a, a fish well maybe it's not actually well maybe it's amphibian still they still have to um they st all I, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna argue with you on this. It's not a plesiosaur. <laughs> it, it just gets that explanation just gets trotted out almost like it's remote control. You have to say somebody has to say something about that. There's no reports of any kind of a long neck, anything like that whatsoever. It's a lazy, stupid thing that got thrown in there. We're moving on. Damn it. The 1892 <laughs> sighting that indicated it was a turtle. So maybe some people think this white river monster, even the later one, was a a giant snapping turtle. They do live in the area. They can get pretty big, but not nearly as big yeah. as even the 12-foot description of the monster. Nowhere near that big. And those locals there, any local who's on the river is going to be a very familiar snapping turtles. Right. They're, they're not going to you know, misidentify one. And they don't float on and loll on the yeah. top of the river. That's and if they, they were, you'd see the shell. Yeah, and you'd you know would. what it was. You would. It's, giant snapping turtles are scary. Man, yeah. they'll cut off. They'll bite off a finger. Bro. You stay away yeah. from them. But they're not a monster. How about an alligator gar? You heard of those? Yeah. Those, they look like remnants of the dinosaur age. They're big, scaly fish. They have an elongated snout full of really sharp teeth. They can get up to eight feet long. But otherwise, they don't resemble our monster in any way, shape, or right. form. Yeah. They're, just, they're, they're pretty big. And they're one of the biggest fish in that, that that river, so some people have thrown out the gar as potentially the reason for the sightings of the of this monster, but they're they're fast swimmers. Again, they're swimmers. They don't hang out at the top of, yeah. of the water. They hunt fish. They're long. They're skinny. They look like fish except for their weird snout. So yeah, yeah you, you can think that if you want, but you'd be wrong. Yeah. How about a giant catfish or a sturgeon? That's that seems to be thought. getting a little warmer. Aren't sturgeons commonly mistaken for 
sea creatures. There's an argument that a, almost every lake monster is a giant sturgeon. Yeah. The, you know, Loch Ness yeah. has been proposed as a sturgeon. Certainly Okanagan, the Ogopogo has been proposed. There's another one in Washington, I can't think of the name right now, has been proposed as giant sturgeon and may yeah. have really been giant sturgeon. There is a thing called a Gulf sturgeon. They live in the Gulf of Mexico. Oh. You know, they can occasionally swim up the Mississippi River and potentially even into the, the White River. They don't, I mean, they, they can live in freshwater. That's fine. Yeah. That's not where they normally live, though, year-round. They do have a spiky back ridge, like some of the descriptions notes. It's not impossible that we have two different things going on here, that some people could have seen. You're out looking for, you've heard about this, this gray, smooth-skinned, 12-foot creature, and if you see a six- or eight-foot gulf sturgeon, you think, okay, that's the creature. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a sturgeon, but it's not what most people are seeing and calling the White River Monster. I think that's possibly could have, with anybody who described and is credible that described a spiky, bony ridge on the back, probably in my mind saw a sturgeon. Yeah. So I don't know. And they can get up to about eight feet long, and they're, they're thicker than a gar, too, than an alligator gar as well. So they, yeah. to me, they're much better. Now you have catfish. Go ahead. I was going to say, and they're delicious. Sturgeon? Yeah. You monster. Everything to you, you is something to eat. We don't eat If fish? I said, God, I love cats, you'd say, and they're delicious. Is that is that it, Gary? Is no, that it? No, because I've never eaten a cat. Uh, I don't know but, if I believe uh, that. My grandfather, the one from Arkansas, as a matter of mm-hmm. fact. H-Ray. H-Ray. Used to, we just call him Grandpa Ray. But sure, he used sure. to send us a big case of cans of smoked sturgeon. You say Kansas smoked sturgeon? Cans. Oh, cans. Okay. Of smoked sturgeon uh, every year for Christmas. Wow. He just bought it at a supermarket. Pretty much last all year. Okay. No, I'm sure he ordered from some. Oh, I thought he caught him himself, place. canned him himself, no. and sent to you. No, I'm a little disappointed in HRA. Well, if you're gonna do it, do it right. He did can vegetables and okay. all that. Kind sure. Of stuff. Now let's let's talk about that on a, <laughs> on, a, on a different <laughs> podcast. So catfish, they do get some big catfish there in the White River. They're they're kind of sluggish. Which, you know, they don't move real fast. And, and the White River Monster is usually described as moving yeah. fairly slowly. So it, it, that's a fit. That's a possible fit. So catfish can get pretty darn big. But, but I don't know, several feet. This, this is not the, one of those areas. We, we have 15-foot you know, catfish in, in, in Europe and in India. The, the Wells catfish are the, the cat. Yeah. Uh, but this is, they don't have that big a catfish. They might get a few feet long. And do they come up to the surface and hang out? Not or? really. They're, they're, yeah. They usually they're are bottom, on the bottom. Right? Yeah. Shallows maybe, but bottom dwelling. I mean, they're bottom feeding animals. Yeah. And so are sturgeon, right? They're, yeah. yeah so so. Sturgeon, sturgeons usually stay pretty deep. Yeah. So Well, but these could be weird ones, and that's why they're only seen every couple Decades yeah, but ge- so. getting something that's twelve, let's say twelve foot long, and people say it's fifty, that's not an impossible stretch. Something that's three or four feet long, and people say it's fifty, that's a big stretch. Yeah. So I don't think it's a catfish. Okay. Besides, again, people from the air are very familiar with catfish. So that's true. And and all, really, all these things we've said so far, sturgeon probably less so. But how about something but that they is... they would recognize it as a fish. Probably, yeah. Well, I don't know. If you saw something with a spiny ridge sw- oh, s- you know, swim yeah. quickly across the surface and, and you're primed in your head to think of this white river monster, that's why I say I think a couple of people might have seen sturgeon. Yeah. Let's go to something that's unfamiliar to the locals, and that's something that's out of place. It catches the witnesses by surprise. They can't place it, and they have no frame of reference for it. They have no reference point for the size, for instance, so it's going to seem, we, we typically grossly exaggerate the size of something that we don't have good reference for. 
We almost, you almost never under-exaggerate the size of the thing you're seeing. You almost always over-exaggerate the size. So there's a guy named Roy Mackle. If you're a Loch Ness monster enthusiast or a Michele Mbembe researcher, you have heard of Roy, Mac Roy Mackle. He was a... Which, of course, you have. Of course. I've read his book, and I, I'm very familiar with him since I was a child. So Roy Mackle was a notobiologist at the University of Chicago, and he became kind of cryptozoologically famous. He first investigated Loch Ness Monster. He did that way back in the 1960s, maybe into the 70s. And then later, he would also become kind of semi-famous again for investigating the Mokela Mbembe in the, I believe, in the early 1980s. That's a giant, supposed dinosaur-like creature in Central Africa. Okay? okay? So he thought he'd take a run at identifying the White River Monster in 1980. He decided to research it and write about it. I'm assuming he collected the sightings mostly from 1971, the more recent ones. Mm -hmm. And he noted that the size of the beast ranged from maybe like 12 feet or so to like 65 feet. Again, he notes what we just talked about. It's incredibly impossible to estimate size without any reference points. We also almost always overestimate size. And actually, it's common to overestimate the size of something by three to five times. So again, if something is 10 wow. or 15 feet, you can get it to even 50 or 60 feet. Holy cow. Yeah. We're bad. He doesn't say this, but there's just pure embellishment. It's yeah. just pure making things. Oh, yeah. that thing was 60 feet long, I swear to God. And even though you don't believe that. Yeah. Few witnesses, he, he said, saw the head of the creature, but he apparently glommed on, I think, to the one sighting that saw a horn. And I'll tell you why in a second why I think that's true. I think he really gave that a lot of weight. And he also apparently goes back to 1937 episode with Bramlett Bateman, who estimated the size at about 12 feet and four or five feet, and he did so, and the other people who saw it with him did so consistently with that size, because he uh -huh. kind of, that size to him makes a lot of sense to how he's going to identify the White River Monster. Mackel thought that, other, other than the size missed estimates, the descriptions were pretty close together and pretty consistent, and so he thought it was a real thing that witnesses are really seeing. It was flesh and blood. It was just not something they were familiar with because it wasn't native to the area and had never been in the area. He says, quote, the White River case is a clear-cut instance of a known aquatic animal observed outside of his normal habitat or range and therefore unidentified by the observers unfamiliar with the type. The animal in question clearly was a large male elephant seal, either Moronga leonina, southern species, or Moronga angustirostris, okay. <laughs> the northern species. So he, he says it's a northern or southern elephant seal seen in a place where it's not native. This is fascinating in my mind. Elephant seals yeah. are 12-ish feet. We've seen them. We saw them on the central coast yeah. of California, south of Monterey. Once they are very big, they do have that kind of, the skin is right. They Remember, we, they were peeling. They yeah. peel during times. They kind of molt almost. Yeah. So they're huge. The, the description kind of fits with the smooth skin that can be mottled and peeling. And Mackle said that horn, the person who said it was a horn, what would that be? That'd be that trunk-like appendage on the male elephant seal. The females don't have that. It doesn't look like a horn, though. Well, he's saying that was, you know, that's the best they could do. Yeah. If you, you've never seen an elephant seal, all of a sudden you see an elephant seal in your river in Arkansas. It's like, oh, it had something on its on its head there, like a like like a horn. What and are the chances though that an elephant seal could get into that river? We'll talk about that in a second. Okay. So he's basically saying that an elephant seal found its way up the Mississippi and then hence to the White River and caused a big stir many decades apart and then moved on back into the ocean. And he said, that's it. 
done. Case closed. I've nailed it. I've identified it. The White River Monster was an elephant seal. <laughs> he seems a little bit overly sure. He of was very sure of himself. I've read most of that article, and he's 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 like, no, nah, no, nah, we're done here. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my hands like a casino. I'm gonna walk away. It's nobody knows what that means. Sure they do. Everybody who's do my seen hands black, like a casino. You know, clap, clap, show my bottom hands, so top of hands for the camera above you and walk out. Dealer, you're done. Yeah. Shifts over. So <laughs> what? You you bring up that reference fairly often. Mm-hmm. Go on. And as I said, no one knows. Well, everybody's gambled at it, so there you go. <laughs> it's the getting lost in the Mississippi River and up to the White River part that is indeed the problem with identifying this as an elephant seal because it would have to be really lost to get to the white river there are no elephant seals anywhere near them even the mouth of the mississippi let alone traveling up to the white river they actually range down both coasts of north america pacific and atlantic and some on the on the atlantic side kind of get near the Gulf of Mexico, but mostly they're in Arctic and subarctic waters. They're in cold water for the most part. So it would have yeah. to, even down uh, the Atlantic, it would have to swim all the way around Florida, along the Gulf Coast, and decide yeah. to turn up the Mississippi. It's And uh, are they ever never bred in captivity or no. anything like that? Oh, no. Where, oh, God, no. Yeah. No, they're, so. they're, they're pretty dangerous animals. Yeah. They, well. And they also frequently beach themselves and rest. So the chance of them not being seen yeah. during this period are, are highly it's, it's travels, uh, you know, yeah. around Florida up the Gulf Coast or almost yeah. are nil. So superficially, it seems really possible and pl- even plausible and possible. But the the thought of an elephant seal actually having making it up there is almost impossible. And by the way, this in terms of the southern species that he he cites, it's never been seen north of the equator. Yeah. It's nowhere near. So okay. it's just. Almost no chance for the elephant seal to find its way anywhere near the Mississippi, let alone up to the White River where it hangs out for a few weeks and then goes away. Yeah. So the seal theory, though, can gets a little better if you think, okay, maybe a different kind of seal. There's a thing called a hooded seal. There's also called a monk seal. The hooded seal, it's not as big as an elephant seal, but it can get like 10 feet long. So we're there in terms of the size. Yeah. They have strayed as far south as Florida. Again, they're along the Atlantic coast. So they've gotten as far as south as Florida. But again, like the elephant seal, they mostly hang out, hang out in much colder climes, and they just wouldn't keep moving into warmer water in all likelihood. Yeah. The Caribbean monk seal does live in warmer water, or I should say lived, because it was about eight feet long, but unfortunately, it is extinct it lived along it lived in some of the islands like the bahamas and some of the of the uh, indies islands and even i think it might have even gotten to the the gulf coast and the, and the coast of florida so it's in the in the vicinity but the last known extant caribbean monk seal was 1952 oh. so did whitey in 1971 was that the last sad remnant of a Caribbean monk seal that found us way into the right river, white river. Almost 20 years after. The 20 years after in a really no. weird place. And yeah. again, not, not quite big enough. They get at most, they get eight feet long. Yeah. They aren't that big. We've seen the uh, Hawaiian monk yeah. seal. We saw that in Kauai. So it's very much like that. It's, just, it's the same species, just a different subspecies. Yeah. But it's dead. We killed yeah. it off. So we didn't kill them. We Hawaiian not, not us personally. Seal. No, no, no. Researcher and skeptical writer, researcher and skeptical writer Joe Nickel, 
he decided in 2018 to take on Mackle's elephant seal explanation and see if it made sense to him. <laughs> so you can probably imagine it did not. Yeah. He cited the same problems. You, you just can't get an elephant seal into the White River. He thought there is something that's much, much closer and is a way better candidate and looks pretty similar to the elephant seal and to seals in general that lives in the Southeast United States, which is... I'm waiting for you to answer that question. I don't. I oh, manatee. Manatee. There you go, Joe. He Nichols didn't tell. Said, he didn't tell me. I guessed it all on my own. I know you did. I know. I'm okay. telling the listeners. Oh, okay. The Florida manatee subspecies is located mainly along the coast of that penis-shaped state, yeah. and but it does roam pretty far and wide, and has roamed all along the Gulf Coast of the U.S. You know, Alabama, Mississippi, places like that, into Louisiana. And by the way, just FYI, as far north as Massachusetts, I wow. had no idea. I didn't that was either. true. And it's it has been seen along the Gulf Coast all the way into Texas, which is beyond the mouth of the Mississippi River. Yeah. So you can get it to the mouth of the Mississippi River very easily. Now it just has to take a right turn up the Mississippi and and onto the White River. And if that sounds impossible and implausible, it's not, because in two thousand six. A manatee was verified in the Wolf River near Memphis, Tennessee, 720 miles from the mouth of the Mississippi, much further than the White River. So we know they can go up that far and further than where the White River was. Unfortunately, its body was found in 2006, and it was found in October, and it was thought to have died from the cold, so it came up there in the warm summer months, and it it was just too cold for it as that river got cold in in Mississippi, in in, um, Tennessee, rather. And notice, by the way, remember that the, the sightings in 1937 and in 71, and if it was real in 72, were, we're all the during the summer. Yeah. And presumably these manatees, if that was indeed manatees, they swam back down when things started to chill out, yep. and they, they left. So manatees have thick grayish skin fits. Mm-hmm. The adults are 10 to 15 feet long. Yeah. They, they be, they're fat, so they can be several feet wide. Remember they said it's like four or five feet yeah. wide. That fits with the manatee. They're aquatic, of course, and they are in the water the vast majority of the time. They're not like, they don't go and beach themselves like elephant seals do. Right. Or, I'm sure they do, but they, they t- I think they spend pretty much their entire lives in the water. Yeah. They're very shy, but they do have to f- surface for air. Yeah. And they are, their skin can often be mottled, like it was sometimes described as the, the white river monster was. It mm-hmm. can even be peely. They do just fine in fresh water, by the way. They don't have to be in ocean water. Yeah. The manatee has it all. Yeah. As an explanation, I think. And so did Joe Nickel. Uh, and much, much more, they do have these three clawed flipper-like arms yeah. that could very much explain that sighting the three-toed footprint on Toad Island in 1971. But they don't go on land. They do occasionally. They can crawl on, score, on the shore occasionally. Oh, okay. And so go, hanging out on that little island for a second and then you know um, flopping back into the water would fit perfectly with their behavior. Oh, okay. The, uh, the males can get up to 15 feet long and 3,000 pounds. Yeah. So trampling over, you know, the bushes and saplings, that sounds just like a manatee. Yeah. They even make a loud blowing noise. I don't know if it's really much like a cow's moo or a horse's neigh, but so what? Yeah. Yeah, everything else fits. Just the sound doesn't fit. Who knows what they're just describing? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, exactly. and you mentioned the horn. The elephant. Yeah. I, I think the horn was just a miss. It was one sighting. One person said, I saw a horn. Who, who knows what that yeah. was? Who knows? He could have been looking at a log with a branch. Yeah. Literally. So the last clue, I think, comes from Bateman 
the plantation owner, remember him? I do. He said who who said he saw the thing several times in 1937. He said he never saw the head, and it always seemed to be just under the surface. That's manatee behavior. They feed with their head down into the water, and sometimes their back can be seen like a, like a hump yeah. on a breaking the surface. Though, what do they eat? Vegetation? Yeah. And he described again. His descriptions were perfectly in line with the size, the skin, the tone, the, the kind of the headlessness too uh-huh. of the manatee. It fits perfectly, and also the the, the shyness and the non-aggressiveness too. Right. The uh, elephant seal. If you got close to an elephant seal, they will come after you. Yeah. One other thing that is more suggestive than conclusive, though, is that manatees have whiskers. Right. Uh-huh. Remember, we had a, a several things people said it's kind of like a catfish. Well. Maybe it wasn't as much of a catfish as much as it was. They saw some in the water. It had whiskers. Yeah. If you're from a place where catfish are common and you see something with whiskers in yeah. the river, you probably think catfish. So you 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 mentioned that almost as as a descriptive as opposed to it is a catfish literally. Right. So to me, that also kind of fits as well. So a manatee finding its way into the right river, white river is totally plausible. Much, 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 much more plausible than elephant seal. Yeah, I by agree. just leaps and bounds. Yeah. So, my determination is that the twelve-ish, fifty, maybe even fifteen-foot white river monster was a manatee. In fact, two manatees. It happened two separate times: once in thirty-seven and once in seventy-one. Right. And that it was, um, and it, it lived to go back, or if it died, it it, it wasn't found. Yeah. My determination. For the folks who saw it, this thing and said it was 40 or 50 or 60 feet long, moonshine. I'm going to assume they were shit-faced drunk, and that's why they thought it was 60 or feet just, long. Or, but, but it tells you, yeah. if this really was a 12-ish foot manatee and people were saying, oh, it's 50, 60 feet long, that's illustrative of how badly yeah. people yeah. Uh, make these kind of estimations. So today, the White River Monster has become a beloved mascot of that area around Newport, Arkansas. They call it... Whitey. Oh, that's not a good No, name. it's a little uncomfortable, but still. <laughs> Assuming they're naming it after the river, not the color, because it wasn't white. But anyway, after the big events in 1971, though, the White River Monster Refuge was created. In 1973, the Arkansas State Legislature declared an area next to Jackson Port State Park. It's near a little town, I think, called Rosie. It's south of Newport. And they said that is a... Uh, a white river refuge if you see whitey in that area you can't harm it you can't touch it you can't molest in any way shape you can't quote unquote molest kill trample or harm the white river monster while he's in the retreat end quote oh but once he leaves all bets are Uh, off yeah absolutely yeah that's a a productive time of the arkansas state legislature it's only a matter of time before somebody sees the whitey just outside the refuge and, and takes a shot at it jesus that's too bad but true so Whitey has not been seen, though, since 1971, possibly 1972. It still, though, drives tourists into the area. The monster even found its way into Harry Potter lore. The, the White River Monster, and I, I don't remember this reference in the books, I, but in some book they must have they said, or maybe it was one of those ancillary things she wrote. I'm not sure. but it, About the whatever creatures? The, yeah. I, I don't know. No, no, not that. Not that. About Harry Potter. Because... The spine of the White River Monster is said to be the, the source of one of the most magical, powerful wands. Oh. So, which means witches and warlocks are killing White River Monsters to make wands, which, um, JK, you've already been canceled. Now yeah. you're a little more canceled for advocating the murder of cryptids. That's a monstrous thing. To it's do. fiction. So Still pisses me off. 
I'm angry. There's a lot of murder and mayhem. I, I, not of the White River Monster carry. And I don't appreciate that. Angry. We have a resident Harry Potter expert who I will confirm that with. Okay, confirm that with that that resident Harry Potter expert. Rachel, I'm talking about you. I know. She knows. Newport has a celebration every year, I think, about the White River Monster. They have a model of the monster's head that leads the Christmas parade every year, too. (laughs) They have souvenir shops. They have promotions. It's not quite Roswell, New Mexico, but unlike Roswell, this celebration is based on something that I think is a real thing. Some some towns use... uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Frosty the Snowman? <laughs> Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, Newport, Rhode Island. Newport, Arkansas uses the White River Monster to have some little tourist events. I, I, we're putting that on our weird world bucket list of okay. places to go. I want to go and and go there for any kind of a event, a White River Monster Festival. That'd be great. Have you even bothered to write any of these bucket list I, destinations I, I'm hoping down? that you you have. Oh, I ha- absolutely have not. Damn it. I know we have West Virginia <laughs> for the Mothman. We have Roswell. We now have the Newport, Arkansas. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll just have to listen to all the episodes and figure out where we're all going. All over again? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know there's 300 of them. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so that is the story of the White River Monster, which I think was a real thing. Sure. It both in terms of being a monster, because it, it's so out of place, it's unusual, it's, it's intriguing, but also a pretty, in my mind, a fairly clear explanation for what it was. Well, I wouldn't call it a clear explanation. I would call it a plausible possibility plausible. of yes. an explanation. Yes. Well, but otherwise, what was it? You know, is it some unknown I'll prehistoric you, creature or something like that. It? What a figment of everybody's imagination. Oh no, I, I think there's way too many uh, sightings for it to have been that. And, and and the way they're sort of discreet with these two major events, why w- people would be seeing it every single year? And you, article if it was just something like that that people are just pretending to see, I, I don't think so. I think there were two real events in 37 and 71 okay. that are the cause of this. Okie dokies. I Carrie, I believe them. All right. I know you All do. Right. All right. That's the White River Monster. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling us this riveting story. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Bye. See ya.